well, you're dismissed. Hey, give it up for our team. What a great job. That was awesome. That was so great. Uh, it puts me in the mood. I don't know to preach or what, but that puts me in the mood, everybody. Hey, want to welcome you to week one of this relationship series we're calling It's Complicated. And the truth is, relationships can be rife with conflict and stress and heartache and turmoil. They're also one of the greatest sources of happiness and joy. And so how do we navigate relationships, whether they be uh, in a marriage or in a dating relationships, uh, whether it be familial with mom and dad to uh, a son or daughter, whether it be a brother to a sister, how do we navigate this crazy little thing called relationships? And so I want to start out by saying a little disclaimer here. I paused just like that. You guys good? We got it? Technical difficulties. Here we go, what do we got? There we go. We got it? We'll see. This is a perfect illustration. See everybody? Sometimes it takes a little time to fall in love or whatever, I don't know. But okay, we'll see. If that falls in, the sermon is over, okay? So some of you are gonna you know. Let me give you a disclaimer, okay? A few different disclaimers before we jump in. We did a survey, several hundred of our church family and even those that aren't a part of our church family on Facebook took the survey. And this survey asked several questions, six different questions. And we have taken, uh, compiled all the information and the top six answers, basically, I have put that together in a series that we're gonna be answering your questions. We also looked for stages of life and about 57% of those that uh, took the survey are married. Uh, there was about 30% that were single uh, in between marriage or single, not yet married. Uh, there was another percentage that were going through a divorce. Uh, they said, hey, it's complicated. They were widowed. Regardless of where you are, the truth is when we try to speak about relationships, there are 100 different kinds in our rooms. Those watching online have over 16 different uh, states watching last Sunday on our online campus and several different countries that are there. So hundred different kinds of relationships uh, that exist. So how do we go? We're probably not going to tailor to fit your exact issue. I want you to know that because of that, you and I both understand that relationships aren't easy. If there's all kinds of different relationships, they're not easy. And if you have an issue, there are no quick fixes for bent or broken relationships. Issues in our marriages, issues in our dating relationships, issues in divorce, there's no quick fix. It takes time. And I want you to know that all of this, we're going to be taking the foundational approach to God's word as the moral compass for every decision we make, every relationship that we build. You can find a whole lot of things to build your relationships on. I'm inviting you, make sure that you've stepped back, you've dug deep, and you are confirming that the foundation of all your relationships comes back to what Jesus says. In fact, it all starts, that's the disclaimer. It all starts with you and Jesus. Not you uh, fixing your, uh, someone else. If they would just do this, if they would just do that, if they would stop doing this, then it would be better. I just can't get them to 
see, and the truth is, it all starts with you and Jesus. You let God be God. You let God work on them. You ask Jesus to work on you, and you put in the work. And right now, if you'll surrender to that very thing, if you'll say, hey, over the next few weeks, I'm not going to miss a week. I'm going to get my kids into kid works. I'm going to get my relationships into church. We're going we're gonna to kind of drill a little bit deeper on relationships, regardless of where you come from. If we'll start with you and Jesus, that's a great starting point to have. The truth is when you put a, a mirror up to your relationships, uh, you may be in a different place today than someone else. You may dislike when you look in the m- relational mirror, you can dislike what you see and be discouraged. Uh, the, the time isn't there. Maybe the thrill is gone. Things have kind of gotten lukewarm. Maybe you're waiting and, and you're, you've, been just, you've been patient and patient. And now you're like, I just, I don't want to live single. I just cannot live single. And Maybe you're on the verge of settling because you just don't want to be single anymore. And you can dislike and be discouraged. Uh, If you wanna walk out today discouraged, you can. That's up to you. That's up to you. Or you can like, you can dislike what you see and be motivated to be able to identify reality. It's one of the most important things we can do in any relationship is define reality. Reality may mean there needs to be some motivation to get out there and start making some changes, not with them, not in even us. Starts with the person, as the old prophet MJ said. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. <clears throat> okay, yes, you're welcome. You can dislike what you see and be motivated. You know, the Proverbs says it like this. It, it talks about poverty, but this can happen in uh, merit, marital poverty, relational poverty. The Proverbs says a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will strike you like a bandit, like, like a ninja at your door. And the truth is a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of your hands to rest, and you can lose your motivation. In fact, you can be right now liking what you see when you look in the marriage mirror, the relational mirror and you can get complacent and you don't put the work in. Or you can like what you see, and I invite all of us to keep humbling yourself. Keep finding ways to build your own relationship with Jesus, your own track record of relationship. Start with you and Jesus, keep humbling yourself. And here's, here's what I'm learning, and, and, I, and I, uh, it's a hard lesson to learn. I've not perfected this, but here's what I have learned. If I'm stacked with enough humility, I can learn about anything from anyone at any time. And so maybe you are a little burned by love, a little burned by relationships. And right now I'm about ready to talk relationships and and you are metaphorically beginning to cross your arms. You're metaphorically getting, or maybe physically getting uncomfortable. I found that if I can stack myself with humility and say, no matter where I am, in between, on the end, at the beginning, right in the middle of it, I can learn about anything from anyone at any time. Sometimes you learn the right things and other times you learn the wrong things. Last night, I was at a, at a restaurant with some friends, Buca de Pepos in, in Houston, and we were sitting having a Valentine's dinner, and the couple across the way, uh, it was young puppy love, everybody. It was young puppy love. It was just disgusting. It really was. And and it, here's, it was so crazy because the, the four of us had been married 10 plus years and, and there was a couple over here and they're just like looking at each other, they're talking. She starts saying, did you ever find Simba on the Lion King attractive? That's weird. 
And I'm going to say, if I'm stacked with enough humility, maybe I can learn from that. Maybe. I don't know how, but maybe I can learn from that. I'm going to tell you, this ain't Disney, everybody. We ain't going to learn from Disney. We're going to learn from God's word today. And so today, to jump in, because 57% of those that answered the survey are married, I'm going to talk about a little bit of marriage. But this is going to apply no matter where you are, married or not. And what I've got up here is I've got the marriage cake. This isn't a wedding cake. This is the marriage cake. A wedding cake you have on your wedding day. But a marriage cake, this is representative of the different layers in a marital relationship. Truth be told, it is the layers that are necessary to make an effective marriage or to make an effective relationship that is leaning into one man, one woman for life, that kind of of deep commitment and faithfulness. You got to have these layers. The truth is many people don't have one, two, several of the layers, or they will leapfrog a other layers to try and go to the cherry on the top, to try and go to the top of it, they'll miss something in the middle. I invite you to take some notes, whether you're online or right here in one of our locations. We're going to take these layers and we're going to fill them in one, one little piece at a time. And we're going to actually walk kind of like a crab. We're going to walk backwards, crab-like into the base foundation, okay? So we're going to start at the very top, the cherry on top, the creme de la creme. We're going to talk about that very first layer, and that is obviously love. Love. I just fell in love. I'm looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love. Um, Can you feel the love tonight? I want to know what love is. If loving you is right, I don't want to be, loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Right, right, wrong, right, right, no, okay. Love. Many people, they they fall in love. They use that kind of terminology. Uh, they, They just don't feel the love anymore. Or man, the love is strong. Whew, I am in love. I want you to take a few notes today. Love is really way more than a feeling. It's way more than a falling. It's way more than a failing. Love is a matter of choice and conduct. It's way beyond your emotional fortitude. It's way beyond what you have someone make you feel. It's a matter of choice and conduct. Let's take a a look. Um, Colossians 3 Uh, The Apostle Paul says, and over all virtues, integrity, loyalty, purity, honesty, truthfulness, uh, uh, peace, patience, kindness, joy, faithfulness, gentleness, you name it, the fruit of the Spirit, over all of those virtues, here's what you do. You've got to put on love, which binds them all together. Love binds all of those virtues together, but you don't fall into it. It doesn't say fall in love. It says what on love? Put, you gotta put it on. You gotta like put your pants on of love in the morning. You gotta put one foot in and the other foot in and you gotta buckle it in. You gotta put on love. I don't feel it anymore. Love ain't a feeling. Love is a matter of choice and conduct. The apostle John in 1 John says it like this. Let us not love with words or or tongue. I can say a joke there. (laughs) But with actions and truth. It's a matter of choice. I choose love. It's a matter of action. It's conduct. And so many times what people are looking for in relationship 
is they're looking for how I feel. They're looking to fall in love. I just haven't found that, that, that sweet somebody quite yet. I'm looking for someone that, I will, that will love me and I will love them. And you've missed all kinds of these other depths of these layers of deep, true, meaningful connectivity and community, love. Now, the next level before you get to this choice or conduct, in order for love not to be a feeling, you have to build these other layers. In order for it to be a choice and conduct, not just how you're engaging at the time emotionally, you in, engage other areas. The second la layer is intimacy. 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 <laughs> T.D. Jakes says it like this, intimacy. Into me see. There's something powerful about seeing into someone. When I have intimacy, not only do I see into them, but literally the word in its literal definition means the mixing together of particles. This, this, it's, a, it's a chemical thing, it's a biological, it's a chemistry situation. I'm just not feeling the chemistry. That's, that's I'm not feeling the intimacy. It's a, it's, a, it's a chemical thing and it can be physical, sexual, spiritual, emotional, the mixing together of particles. You and I, the truth be told, our souls, our innermost being that's most like God, what God gives us that is, is saved and lives forever. Your body is temporary. It's a temporary tent. It will fail someday, but your soul lives forever. And our souls crave intimacy. Our souls are hungry for the mixing together of particles, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. In the word of God, the very first book, the very first chapter and some of the very first verses, God does some good, good things. And he says, it's good, it's good, it's good. Six days, six things, it's good, it's good, it's good. From the moon and the stars to the sand and the ocean to the fish and the uh, uh, deer and the antelope, where the deer and the antelope play, you name it, all of these things, he says, it's good. But then he gets to something and he says, it's not good. This is not good. He creates man and he says, it's not good for man to be alone. So he designed us with a craving, with, with a, with a pro propulsion towards intimacy. But the, the, the challenge in relationships in 21st century America and beyond is that we so quickly want to get intimate that we miss the foundational layers that will support and sustain intimacy. We're going intimate in junior high. We're, we're, we're moving to sexting. When we're moving to this kind of level in order to get love, I've got to have intimacy and we're missing a huge portion. 60% of the rest of the foundation of your relationships aren't even intact, but we want to make sure that we, that we jive together, that, that we have chemistry. Chemistry ain't going to do jack if you don't got the rest of the layers. Even Solomon, Solomon said it like this, wisest man who ever lived. I didn't say that, God said that. And Solomon in three different places, Song of Solomon 2, 7, 3, 5, 8, 4, here's how he encourages. He encourages the daughters of Jerusalem because he's a man, but it's for men too. He says, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, I'm telling you, please listen, 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 Linda, listen. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. He is talking about intimacy and that choice and in conduct. Don't awaken it 
Don't arouse it. Don't get into it until the right time. But many times, look, we are designing relationships today to jump from, from just meeting each other to one night stands. From just barely even looking at each other in the eye to sending nudes. No wonder relationships are in trouble. No, no wonder there's tension. Because we have, we have tried to say, if, if we can get this, and we put this at the bottom, now think about this cake that was already wobbling. What if we had the small piece at the very bottom and we tried to build this backwards? It wouldn't stand. It wouldn't, it wouldn't stay solid if we tried to build it backwards. But listen to me. Culture wants nothing more than to build your life backwards. Babylon wants to build your life with you in the center of it and at some point find life, find the meaning of life. And the way Jesus wants to build you is Jesus in the center, Jesus building the layers uh, through his word of God, discovering those things, build us from the inside out and culture wants to build you from those experiences in. Okay, so love, intimacy. The only way to get to those is you truly, all right, you, you cannot have intimacy and love in a healthy way, in a stable way, in a safe way, unless you have this next layer and it's true relationship. It, it, it's, it's true relationship. Relationship comes before intimacy and love, but we think intimacy and love builds relationship. It, it, it doesn't work that way, okay? Now, how do we describe, what, what's our working definition for relationship? All right, write it down. Relationship is really the merging of effort and interest. If you've ever gone from a four-lane highway down to a one-lane, you, you merge. And that merging can be frustrating. That merging can be unique. Are you letting me in? Am I letting you in? Are we going? No, no, you go first. No, you go first. I'm going to flash my lights at you. This four-way stop over by the Lufkin location, Nagadoches, there's a four-way stop over here. If you count them, there's 17 stop signs in one four-way stop. It's the dumbest, stupidest, I'm gonna tell you, it works, I guess, but whoever figured it out, like in 1912, was drunk. I'm just gonna tell you to right now. <laughs> I mean, it works, but they were drunk, okay? And you get it over there, and if you all show up at the same time, you're like, no, no, do you go back? Like, it's this awkward thing of merging in, merging of efforts and interests. It is an awkward thing to merge your efforts and interests. Listen to me, listen to me. It's one thing to say you're a Christ follower. It's another thing to say I have a relationship with Jesus. Because when you say I'm a Christ follower, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But if you have a relationship with Jesus, it means that I am merging my efforts and my interest with his efforts and interest. It means I'm yielding and merging his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It means... I want my way, but actually I must decrease, he must increase. This is the rub. This is why not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will make it into the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says. Because when it comes to merging effort and interest, it can be tough. And it's a lot easier to say, Lord, Lord, than it is to truly yield to his effort and his interest in your life. But that's the same with relationships. We are merging what they like and what you like, your interests. Maybe you have, maybe you have no interest in walking around in 17 degree weather, in an outside mall in San Antonio for 17 hours in one day on Friday, two days ago with your wife and some friends. 
Maybe you don't have an interest in that. But you also merge, whether you like it or not. You merge effort and interest. And you say, okay, baby, yeah. <laughs> sure, you want to go back to anthropology? Okay, yeah, I'll go back to the car and pick it up and come back because you f- forgot it. It's a merging of effort and interest. When I have a relationship, I am actually, this is where submission comes in. You know, submitting or yielding. When I yield, when I submit, I'm merging effort and interest together. So take a look. When we merge effort and interest, how many people again? They don't even know what their interests are and they're looking for this as fulfillment and to feel this when it's not a feeling, it's a choice. When it's a mixing of particles that have to be built on a foundation of merged effort and interest. And I know, listen, this is not an indictment on anybody. This is reality. And you're looking here and say, this would have been helpful three years ago because I, I, I skipped a couple things. I want you to know Jesus works with you right where you are. The old song, we, we, you know how we ended that, that, that whole melody, medley? We found love right where you are. I want you to know love found you right where you are. And love isn't a thing. Love isn't a feeling. Love is a person. So wherever your, your starting point is, there's always hope when it comes to Jesus. But before we can even build relationship, we have to have another layer. And this one gets lost in the shuffle too. And it's the layer of respect. Respect. You don't have relationship with people if you don't respect them. If they lose, they lost my respect, they sure as heck aren't going to keep the relationship. Respect builds relationship. Relationship gives you the platform for intimacy. Intimacy gives you to the level where you can choose and conduct love. And here's what respect means. Look, look, at, these, look at these root words. Re, to, to kind of go, go back, to, to have this reversal, uh, rewind, re- rethink, to re, to do it over and over again. And then that root, spect, that, that idea of like um, uh, spectacles. When you, when you put spectacles on and you're able to see, a, a respect means you're, you're seeing over and over and over again. Um, the word inspect, when I'm going to inspect something, I'm searching it, I'm looking, and I'm doing it over and over. So respect, right, is to look back with admiration. It's to view over time. Some respect comes with simply a position. You need to respect me, I'm your husband. That, la- that is the lowest level of respect. Real respect comes when you look back with admiration. And here's, here's our problem. Here's our problem. You and I are wired to look back for what's wrong. We're wired to look back at what made us not feel good versus doing, putting the work in and looking back for the ad, admirable things, admiring. When I admire my, 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 when I admire my wife, I'm respecting her. I look back with admiration. But you and I, if we're not careful, we look back and we only see the negative things. So we have to train ourselves to think the way Jesus wants us to think, to think on things above, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And when we look back, we see the positive that we, we fill, we fill the, the, the gap with the right things to look back with admiration. 
Okay, now, what is all this built on? If you have these four elements, you will never get to respect. You'll never get to the other three if you, if you cannot do this key component, and that is trust. Trust is the very foundation of every relationship. The very foundation of every relationship comes back to trust. Number one dysfunction in your business and teams will be an absence of trust. If you can't trust one another in the place of work, you won't conflict right, you won't have commitment levels where they need to be, you'll avoid accountability and you won't pay attention to results in, in your organization. The same goes with trust in a marriage or trust in a relationship. If you don't trust, you won't conflict well, commitment becomes lukewarm, you're avoidant of, of avoiding the accountability of what a healthy marriage or relationship should look like, and your results, you tend to either just get frustrated with the results, or you would just would rather start over instead of rebuilding the trust that's been broken here. We want to start over with a whole new cake. And many people are addicted to going to different cakes versus putting the work in at rebuilding the layers that may have been damaged over time or not existing at all. Now, here's what trust does. It's answering a question that you and I have been asking since our birth. You, you, you didn't even know, yeah, ga, ga, goo, goo. You didn't even know how to ask it. But even in your baby language, you are asking it. When a child is in the arms of a mother or a father and a friend comes up and says, hey, buddy, hey, girl, come here. And they, and they look at you like you're Beelzebub. You're a good person. But they look at you and they kind of hunger down and they put their face in the neck of their dad or their mom. They're answering this question. They're asking it and they're answering the question that you and I have been asking since birth. It looks a little different when you're 37. But it's the same question. Here's, here, here's the question we've been, you and I have been asking. Am I safe? The child, am I safe? The arms are outstretched, I don't know. Am I safe? Can I be real with this person? Can I take the mask off? Can I tell them what's really on my mind? Am I safe? This is what causes people to walk on eggshells with other people because they're wondering if I say something, will they because of the way they responded to that, or the way that they responded in the past, if I even bring that up, will it cause, am I safe? And so instead of just walking up onto the platform and knowing this is sturdy, I can talk, I can do anything, it takes away the safety and the stability, write it down somewhere, trust creates safety and stability. Creates safety and stability. And so if I don't feel like I'm safe, I'm, I'm gonna tiptoe into my relationships. I'm going to be cautious. I'm going to be guarded. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shut down when somebody asks me an important question. When things get heated, I'm going to respond in a way that's not healthy because I don't know if I'm safe or not. Do you know what safety helps you do? It helps you become careless. It, it doesn't mean that you care less. It just means that like when I'm around my friends, I, don't, I, can, I can leave my wallet there, right? I, I know they're not just going to come in and take it and take my, my, my debit card number, I can be, I can care less because I care a lot and because I know I'm safe. It's not the physical act of an affair that's the greatest wound in an affair. It's the broken trust. Because like for years, you've been able to, like a couch that you would plop down on after a long day of work 
or a chair that even in one of our locations you've sat down and just sat right down. You didn't even test it. Most of you didn't come in and like test the chair before you walked into the Nacogdoches or Lufkin location. You didn't, well, this thing's sturdy or not. Let's see if it can hold me. No, you just kind of sat down. Now, had you walked into one of our locations last week and you sat down and the whole thing went, you know, kaput, you'd probably be walking in a little bit more careful, a little bit more cautious. That's what happens in relationships. You used to be able to fall right into their arms and now you don't know if it's gonna be able to hold you. You don't know if you can trust it. You don't know if you're safe. Here's another thought about trust. The truth is you and I, we live in the space between these two things. There, 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 are, there are these two realities that you and I live in between. And sometimes, sometimes we live way high or we, li- we, we live way low, but usually it's right in the middle of where we live. And here's the space. It's not in your notes, but you can maybe jot it down. It's the space between expectations and reality. This is where you and I live every single day. Expectations of what marriage should have, what was gonna look like, and then three months later, reality of what marriage is. Expectations of how the Chiefs are gonna do the Super Bowl, and reality of what happens. Expectations that that church is too big, I'll never fit in. And that can determine your reality. Expectations of a spouse, they're supposed to do this, supposed to do that, and then reality hits in. Man, it's gonna be great. I thought it was gonna look like this, okay? And the truth is you and I are filling that space between expectations and reality with two things, one or the other, simultaneously and even subconsciously. You may not even realize you're filling the gap. And so here's the question. Do I fill the gap with trust or suspicion? When there's a space between my expectations and my reality, I fill the gap with either trust or suspicion. Let me give you an example. Uh, as the, the leader of this particular church, the key leader, I call staff meetings. We have a whole system. In fact, we do meetings Monday, Team Tuesday, work at Wednesday, Think Forward Thursday, Free Friday, Semi-Slow Saturday, Slam It Sunday. That's our, that's our week as a team. And so meetings Monday, they're of the devil, but we got to have meetings. It just is what it is. Meetings Monday. Now, if I call a meeting and about nine minutes in, someone comes in late, I have the choice to fill the gap with trust or suspicion. To to, to choose like, oh, man, I hope they're okay. I hope they didn't get stuck on the side of the road. I hope everything's, I I know they would be here on time, but something must have caught them. Or do I fill the gap? Do they even care? Why aren't they here? Do they not respect my authority? (laughs) What's going on? Do you do the same? Now, I would expect them to fill the gap with trust. Like, you should give me the, 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 the benefit of the doubt. But I am wired, and so are you most of the time, to fill it with suspicion versus trust. And Jesus is wanting to, us to trust in the Lord with all our heart, lean not on our understanding, because we tend to be more suspicious of the Lord than trusting of the Lord. When the Lord shows up and he doesn't meet our expectations, when it didn't quite go the way we wanted it to go, didn't quite turn out the way I wanted it to turn out, do I fill the gap with trust or suspicion? And it can happen with you and Jesus. It can happen with you and Julie. It can happen. So let's look. These are the layers, the levels of true, deeper relationship, deeper, and in particular, marriage. And so investigating these things, it may be that you say that's, that's all good and well but you don't understand my situation. I mean, it looks good, that's fine. 
Everything, everything's intact. But my love got shattered. And as much as I want to feel it, the love is gone. The heat, ain't no heat. And it's not because the power went out. Ain't no heat. I'd love to love, but you know what? You were also, you were wounded. There was a wound. And intimacy, intimacy is way beyond sex for you. Intimacy is very difficult because trust and intimacy, you, you didn't have these other layers or maybe you were wounded as a kid. As a kid, you were violated. Something happened and now it's made this layer very difficult to trust anybody and to have intimacy. Respect, they lost your respect. Thank you. I know, right? I know. But, 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 but no, 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 stop, 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 stop. And we got to go to church. We got to go to church, right? So we got to make sure everything looks okay. Oh, hey, you know what? Facebook. Facebook, I want to make sure everything, look, when, when really Facebook is showing you that and you're not even paying attention to the reality that this is what your relationships and marriage is looking like because you've not put the work in on the different layers. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but there does need to be revelation for those who are in Christ. And it needs to be revealed to you that if you're missing a piece of layer, that it's time, it's time to invite Jesus to do what only he can do. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be taking some different cues from the word of God to work on the foundational elements of healthy relationships. It's complicated. It is. It's complicated. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. So for the rest of the time we have, just the next few moments, I want to give you just like a few next steps. Regardless of where you are on the reality of your layers, let me give you just some some next steps here, okay? Truth is maybe you feel like you've done some breaking. There's been some attitudes and actions and you've done some breaking, okay? You should have felt guilt on that and conviction. That causes us not to walk in that shame. It causes us to release it to God and ask forgiveness and he is faithful and just to forgive you. Whether anybody else does, if you've done some breaking, take it to God ask forgiveness. He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and, and, and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's going to take them who you broke the trust with. Jesus says it may be 70 times seven. It may be 70 times seven for you to get the forgiveness. Well, I did it, but they don't know. Look, it took an hour for, for the World Trade Center to crumble. It took 17 years to rebuild. If you're dealing with something broken, you got to put the work in. So here's what you got to do. If this is you, you got to embrace, embrace the humility two-step. It's a dance, everybody. And if you've done some breaking, it's three steps forward, and I'm gonna tell you, it's two steps back. It's three steps forward, and then it's two steps back. And you're gonna make progress, but it's exhausting. It's exhausting. 
Three steps forward, two steps back. But those that humble themselves, that's the key component. That's what, that's the gold. Starts with humility. And so it's like, oh, why are you bringing that back up? I told you I'm sorry a hundred times. If you could, if you could just, just shut up for a second and you could say this, you could say this. I know you're bringing that back up. I wish you never had to bring it up, but I know you're still hurting. And I'm letting you know, I'm hearing you. And I know this is gonna take a while. Thank you for being patient with me. That's a dance. You didn't marry Jesus, dork. Jesus is perfect in his humility. Your spouse ain't. And it's gonna take time for them and it's gonna take time for you. But humble yourself. Do the dance. Admire the progress little bit at a time. If you're the one who feels broken, it doesn't have to be an affair. It doesn't have to be a deep violation. It's over time, hands got into the junk of your relationships and it whittled away. It wasn't this moment of, of destruction. It was just, a, it, was, it was little bit by little bit, 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 by little bit. And you wake up seven years later and you say, what in the world has happened? <laughs> so if you're the one that feels broken, can I just start with, with here? He is so faithful. God is so faithful. His layers are never in dispute. His love is perfect because he is love. His intimacy, he knows you. Before you were knitted in your mother's womb, he's intimate with you. He, he is so steadfast. He is so faithful. He's so immovable. You can look back from Genesis to Revelation. You can look back at your life and you know he's been faithful. You can look back with admiration and respect him and you can trust him. You can trust him. He's trust worthy and there's nothing wrong with the depths of who he is he's faithful so you got to let god be god you're not god you're not the almighty messiah to come and fix your marriage come and fix that relationship god is the fixer god is the restorer god is the redeemer let him be him you be you you and jesus let god be god but here's another practical step. As your, as your friend may be learning the humility two-step, you got to avoid humiliation depot where you, you, get it, you set up camp where you bring up those things and bring it up and bring it up. And there's something that gives you a false sense of value and worth and okayness when you make them squirm just a little bit. When you remind them who's got the power, really, when you say that last word that you know you shouldn't have said, but it, felt, it, it gave you a certain amount of relief because you said it, you know you shouldn't have thrown that zinger, but they hurt you first. That's a humiliation depot. And you know where that leads? That, that leads to pride. You humiliating is you building yourself up because I'm pushing them down. Pride's that chief sin. So you got to do this. You got to start and end every day with what? 
What do, you, what do you start and end every day with? A prayer? Now I lay me down to sleep. Now I get up and start my day. I don't know what the, I don't know what the morning prayer is. I know the, the nighttime prayer. You start and end every day with surrender. Because you're going you're you're to be in the middle of that day and there's going to be some stuff. So you start it with surrender, palms up. You end it with surrender, palms up. You start and end every day with surrender. Finally, hey, if you're wanting to avoid broken trust. So, so if you're wanting to avoid the realities of, of some stuff that looks good on the outside, but truth be told, you know, it's not looking that great. If you wanna avoid some of these things, Paul says it like this, careful then, careful. Just be careful, like be cautious, be careful. The same way they were so cautious bringing this wedding cake in, they, they just wanted to make sure they, they, there, was, there was a delicacy to it. There was a, a, a preciousness to it, a preciousness. That's, that's why some of you responded more emotionally to being putting my hand in cake batter than the reality of your own marriage actually looking like this. You responded with more verbal emotion about this than you have with the apathy that's quietly suffocating your relationship. Because we, we like things to be in its place. We like beauty. We, we, we enjoy it. And something like this is like, oh, why would you destroy something that Grand Ole Baking spent so much time putting together? Two of them because we had a service beforehand. <laughs> Careful. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because it's irreconcilable differences don't happen overnight. No one woke up in the morning saying, how do I wreck my marriage? It's just that nobody usually wakes up and says, how do I not wreck my marriage today? Can I tell you, I've never woken up saying, how do I wreck my marriage? But I have put the wheels in the ditch a time or two. Nobody wants to wreck it. But but a lot of people don't work on not wrecking it either. So you gotta take every opportunity, as wise or unwise. Little things are big things in disguise. You know why? Because the days are evil. This culture wants to invite you to do it backwards, to build it with, with intimacy and love, and then you start learning your compatibility. If I can get, if, if we can feel like if we got chemistry in the bedroom, then we might be able to build a relationship together. It's, it's backwards. It's backwards. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, you can do relationships any way you want. God gave you free choice. But if you want to be built on the word of God as the foundation and moral compass, you got to do it the right way. And it starts here, not here. So take every opportunity. You want to avoid broken trust? Here's the deal. Think fences over hospitals, boundaries. It's so much easier to, to mend a fence than it is to build a hospital. And many people, they wait, they wait until the relationship is in the ER. They, they wait until, until it's Relational cardiac arrest. But every day you could be building fences, guarding what's so precious. You know what else you gotta think? Pillows over rose bushes. 
if you want to really build that trust with someone in your life, if they come to you and they are transparent with you and they feel like they need to fall, like they fell short and they need to fall into you, are they going to find a bunch of thorns? Are they going to find a safe place? Many times people don't want to be honest with their significant other because if they are, what they'll get is attacked versus received and said, let's do this together. We're in this together. We're going to merge our effort and interest in this. You hurt me. I'm wounded. This sucks. But I'm going to be pillows more than I'm going to be rose bushes. But ultimately, can I tell you one thing? As we close today, just, just, just make sure you get this one. Spent a lot of time, but everybody, it's not about the cake. It's really not even about, it's, it's not about any of this. It's something that's so simple, but it's so overlooked. It's about the table. If the table isn't secure and stable and solid, you'll have nothing to build it on. And this culture wants to invite you to the table of normalcy, to the table of sexuality designed by uh, popularity. The table, culture wants to invite you to the table of this is the way you saw your mom and dad interact. So this is the way you're gonna interact. This is what relationships you know in your life. So when the going gets tough, I just shut down. When the going gets tough, I just walk out. When the going gets tough, I, I got married pretty easy. I can get remarried again pretty easy. And we build on the table, we build on the wrong foundation. The old hymn says it like this. My hope is built on nothing less and Jesus' blood and righteousness, his perfect love, his intimacy, his relationship. He's not looking for, he's looking for merging of interest and effort. You can trust him, but you gotta build on the right table. And today's a great day to start or restart. I know it sounds complicated. It doesn't have to be. Would you pray with me? Close your eyes, bow your heads. Today, let's talk about three categories. The first would be, um, you see a layer that may be broken or missing or in need of repair. If that's you, I just wanna pray with you. You just put a hand up in the air at all of our locations. There's, there's a layer that needs to be adjusted. I know Jesus needs to do his work. Yeah, many hands, many hands, many hands. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here and it's not that the layer may be broken, but you just want to safeguard. You're thinking, whoa, fences, not hospitals. Right now we're in a season where things are together, but I, I just want to build some fences. If that's you, put a hand up. All of our locations. Yeah, yeah, me too. Finally, the truth is you're not dealing with the cake. You're dealing with the table because you've not invited your life to be built on nothing less than who Jesus is and what he's done. You've been trying to be about what you could do and what you've done. And, and Jesus is not interested in you earning anything. He's interested in you resting in him and trusting him and building your life on him as the firm foundation, as the solid rock. And if that's you and you need to invite Jesus for the first time or first time in a while, 
to be your to be your stability, to be your savior, to be your Lord. If that's you, just with no hesitation, just put a hand right up in the air. I wanna pray for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All locations, thank you. Jesus sees you way beyond a pastor ever seeing you. Jesus sees you right there online. You're responding. Jesus sees you. You can put your hands down. So let's start with, with who I just talked to. You need to put Jesus in the middle. Here's what you, in your own words, Jesus, I surrender to you. Help me start over. Help me start fresh. You are who you say you are, the son of the living God who died on the cross and rose again for me. You're preparing a place in heaven for me that I could never prepare by my own works. It's all about you and your grace and I receive it in faith. Help me, Jesus, to start living for you. For those of you that need to build fences, Father, I pray that, that they would today, right now, this moment, they would declare that during these next several weeks, we would start a revolution on their relationship, that they would, they would put the work in to strengthen all those levels, starting with who you are and then building that trust. Give them the, 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 give them the ability, the space to be able to have a talk. How can we build trust with one another? How, how can we re-earn respect? What's one thing we could do to strengthen our relationship? How about intimacy? God, give them, make them choose the time and take the time to have the conversations. And now, Lord Jesus, I pray for those that feel like there's been a layer that's been broken or bent or missing. Thank you that you love us where we are. You meet us right where we are. And right now I pray for your love your peace, your healing ointment of patience and kindness that they would right now feel that over them right now, that it's okay. God, you're gonna, you're gonna meet them right where they are and you're gonna do a rework. You're gonna do a rebuild. And we thank you in advance we trust you. You're a good God that has good plans. We ask it all in the name of Jesus, the strong son of God. Everybody said, amen.